Pete Phillips. Are not related. And uh we're hold on. I I and we're <laughs> Okay. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know, like whatever just happened. I don't remember that part every single time. I was just gonna say What do we used to do? <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say we can go back to what we used to do, but I don't remember what we used to do. <laughs> Uh, and this is a show where two friends oh, yeah, yeah. ponder the insecurities of nature and the sensitivities of space and light. Okay, anyway, I'm cutting you off. <laughs> In other words, anything we didn't know you needed to know. Yeah, let's go back to that. We'll tell people what the show is about. Hey, we'll do whatever the hell I want to do. <laughs> well, my idea that I had to switch to was... Stupid. No, it's easier. It's just uh, I'm dumber. So no, no, because like at least there was like a skeleton or like a template before. Now it's just like a free for all. Okay, I'm drinking a carbonated wine, which I didn't know was carbonated, and I wish it wasn't. <laughs> so for Mother's Day, my mom had this wine, and uh, it's got a goofy name. I don't remember what it is. We broke it out on Mother's Day. My mom had a glass, and I had a glass, because you know I'm behaving. My mom's like, this is really good. And I mentioned it because it was a carbonated Moscato. Oh, okay. My mother loves that. And she, That's a mom wine. She was like, this is so good. This is so good. And then she's like, we're going to save some for when your sister comes. So my sister comes to visit. <laughs> and my mom goes, look at this great wine. I don't know where I got it. My sister's like, I gave it to you. And she's like, oops. And oh. then we pour a little for me, my sister, her husband, and mom. <laughs> and my sister promptly knocks hers over and spills Aww. a glass of wine all over the table. Aww. And then my brother-in-law knocks his over. What the fuck? <laughs> and it's like, it's like my mom's like, this stuff is so good. Let's just dump it all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. I like that. But yeah, and then I just gave mine to my sister because I was like, I'll have whiskey instead. <laughs> Yeah, I really thought hard liquor, like me just sipping hard liquor mixed with water was going to be my quarantine drink. Not because I love the taste of it, but because I just, the hard liquor would last a lot longer than wine does. Yeah. And, but no, I don't, like, I was just barely drinking, which I said that in a way as if that was a bad thing. Right. <laughs> but, I didn't mean it that way, but I'd like to drink. <laughs> I live alone and I get very bored. Guys, I just want to remind all of you that Everyone is struggling, but if you live in a family, you have no idea how fucking weird it is to quarantine alone. Pete understands, but I was telling my my cousin, and I was like, we were thinking about things that make us happy in quarantine, so we could try to do more of them because we're all down. Uh, this is when I was talking with my depression club, which I might have mentioned on the podcast. Me, my brother, and my cousin are in the DC club, which actually stands for Depression Club Club. Anyway, we talk about how to deal with sadness. And I was like, I like when I'm productive. And I, I don't mean like work-wise. Like I like at least like when I cook or when I read a book. Because otherwise, I'm just listening to a podcast, text messaging, and watching TV all at the exact same time all day. And my cousin was like, oh, that's a dream. 
I was like, the grass is greener on the other side, okay? Yeah. Okay? I mean, I don't want two children right now. But um, <laughs> but it would be nice, like, it would be nice to have someone that made me feel like I should comb my hair in my house <laughs> or someone that made me feel like I had a reason to get up or, like, someone that gave me purpose as opposed to, like, if I don't see my boyfriend, I don't change my pants or I change my underwear, guys. I don't change my pants, hey, speak for shirt, yourself. <laughs> or do my hair for fucking days. So I didn't ask formally, Pete, how you're doing, but, you know. That's been my favorite part of quarantining. I can get out of bed, go to the chair, sort of, like, look at the email, get my day, like, mentally, like, prepare myself for all the stuff that's come in and that I have to do for the day. Uh-huh. And then I can go, like, make the coffee, eat the breakfast, maybe get dressed, you know? Yeah. But, like, today I didn't. Well, you see... Oh, wait, I did because I met with students today on oh. Zoom, so I put a shirt over... The, over my face. ...that had buttons. Okay, good for you. <laughs> I, I put makeup on my face just because it has sunscreen in it, and if I leave quarantine looking older... I will hate my life. Because, guys, the sun comes through your windows. I won't get oh into that. Oh, my God, it does? <laughs> yeah, and that you still need sunscreen for that. Uh, also, uh, mineral sunscreen is supposedly at least a level, some level of protection against blue light. Marissa, are you worried I, about getting a tan from your computer? No, but I'm worried about possibly getting wrinkles from my computer and all of the... <laughs> Fuck, I got on such a tangent, I forgot what my point was. Zoom... Oh! Oh, yeah, I have generally been, like, working from home because, <laughs> like you said, uh, I kind of, like, log in, see if there's any pressing matters. Then, like, I put the computer down. I'm near it, like, if I get an email, but, like, I make coffee. I put on my face creams and stuff. However, today, it was, like, I was senile three times. I was, like, oh, let me just go do a few dishes in between emails, and I forgot I was working. Yeah, and I, that like, happened to me today, too. I blame the long weekend. Uh, what'd you say? I blame the long weekend. I mean, maybe, but, I mean, it's been two days. Shut up. Back, but, <laughs> uh, my computer says when I'm idle, and my boss can see how long I was idle. So I think there was a time I forgot for, like, 45 minutes, and I was like, what the fuck? So, yeah, anyway. Um, um, today, I was taking apart my toaster, and a guy scheduled a meeting for, to meet with me the meeting started and the meeting <laughs> ended and i never even realized oh, that wow. it happened was it a man or a student oh it was a co-worker not to imply that your students are not men and women but yeah <laughs> yeah i haven't missed a meeting yet but other people have so that makes me feel better for when i do miss a meeting yeah okay should we just jump into icebreaker since i feel like we both kind of talked about how we are Marissa, on Friday, I'm going to a comedy show. Virtually. And it's 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 a Philadelphia place. Where? It's called Devil's Den Gastro Pub. Never heard of that in my life. Is it one I would like? I don't know. Where's is the, any? There we go. Is Blake well, jo- Wexler on it? No, Josh Gondelman is going to be on there. Lizzie Cooperman, anything? No, when you say Josh Gondelman, there's... No way. I don't think of the one director. Who is that? Continue. I feel like we have this conversation. We didn't have this before. I'm going for Faria Khan. 
who is a delightful human being, and she's always uh, tweeting about capitalism. And I don't know. She's weird. I love her. So I'm going to go to that. And they had these tickets where it was $5 to $25. And often when I've seen that, it's like, oh, you can pay more if you want to give more to the venue, you know, to support the staff and that sort of thing. But this was like, uh, it's $15 if you want to come on by and pick up a six pack, but still watch from home. (laughs) Oh, all right. It's $25 if you want to pick up two mixed drinks (laughs) and take them home. (laughs) I like, Okay, you've been very good supporting the comedy scene through quarantine. I've loved it because I can't watch any of this shit any other time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went on Monday, and then I was going to go to one tonight, which has Todd Glass, Eddie Pepitone, and Eliza Skinner. Eddie Pepitone makes me laugh. I I have a feeling I might fall asleep by 11. Oh. Today or wait? Today, yeah. Okay. Well, what what time does this start? I think it's at eleven. Oh, yeah, that's Pacific. really that's really late. Is there not a director with the last name Gondelman? What the hell am I thinking of? I don't know. Oh, this is really annoying. This is gonna haunt me because every time you say that, I think very specifically of this animated movie compilation, and one of them was Gondelson. I don't know. Guys, you don't care, but I care, and this is going to haunt me. I'm going to let you know when I figure this out. Anyway, Pete. (laughs) If I don't like your icebreaker, I'm going to throw you mine. Icebreaker. I mean, if it's too scandalous, you might not like it, but if you could dabble in any vice for a day with no addiction or repercussions, what would it be? Like cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) I guess this week I would go with, like, sex addiction or something. <laughs> you want to dabble in sex addiction? Yeah, you know? Because, like, you're lonely now in quarantine? Or yeah, it feels it feels, okay. feels right this week. Okay. Although I feel like I have an addictive personality. Oh, so I, I don't know that I would be able to dabble in anything. <laughs> well, no, this is, a, this is a perfect world. You can have a day of, of excess. But, like, yeah, it sounds like people have different chemical reactions to different drugs and stuff like that. And I already feel like, uh, here's the thing. There are days where I feel like I have energy, but I don't have a thing to focus it on. And there are days when I have something to focus it on, but I don't feel like I have the energy to do something. And I yeah. feel like drugs can help with either one of those. <laughs> oh, okay. So sex will? But sex seems like more of an activity. So I feel like it's going to fill time and satisfy the requirements of what it, you're yeah. asking for. <laughs> Weightlifting. That's what it's gonna. Be. It's gonna be weightlifting. I mean, I, I no, I like sex addiction. I like it. There was a movie on Netflix or or one of the apps, maybe Hulu or something. It was a romantic comedy. Was it a comedy? I think it was a comedy about a guy who has a sex addiction and meets an escort, and they follow. He's a journalist who wants to write about escorts. I who saw meets like, an escort. Yeah, like I saw the description i hated it because it's they forgot their premise 10 minutes in and totally threw the sex addiction thing out the window and then it was just a really lame rom-com about an escort and also this is maybe controversial but some people want to be escorts and and some people need to be escorts but 
the whole like, oh, I'm a real smart girl. I got a heart of gold, but I had to be an escort. Like, is old. It's like everyone's done that. I don't know. Like, I just everyone's feel like they, done that. They, no, I just felt like so <laughs> cliche. And like, and like, the escorting was so shameful. Like, at the end, I didn't want her to like stay an escort, but like, I just didn't like. I don't know. Not that every escort should celebrate it. Some people are really down and out, and it's a horrible. A horrible situation. No, then you're a but, hooker. You're a hooker versus an escort. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess I just wanted her to, like, kind of, like, own it. Like, she was, like, this independent woman. And, like, I just wanted her to, like, not be like, oh, and I had to be an escort. Like, I wanted her to be like, and I was an escort. And I had to do this and it helped me. Like, fuck yeah. Like, I, I kind of was bummed out for the direction. I'm sorry. I digress. I would want to do cocaine with people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do cocaine, but... I forgot we were even in an icebreaker. Yeah. Uh, I like an upper. Now that I'm on a lot of medications, uppers, I'm very sensitive to uppers, so that would probably be a horrible idea. Um, I Not that I'm sensitive to uppers. I'm not taking uppers. I mean, I'm sensitive <laughs> to, like, coffee. Stimulants, yes. Yeah, I'm very sensitive to stimulants. But always, in my mind, I was like, I wonder what it's like to do cocaine. <laughs> Always, constantly. <laughs> also, my father has this ongoing joke about doing cocaine. Tell Not me. like a, a a routine, like this bit between him and me where he pretends he he wants to do cocaine, and then I repeat that he said that. He says, I never said that. It's this very intricate thing that he only seems to have with me. Because once he's like, I want to have a fire pit in our backyard so we can like, sit around, shoot the shit, and do cocaine. <laughs> And I said, Dad, what? He goes, I didn't Cocaine say that. sounds like a stupid fire pit drunk. I don't know. It was just so weird when he said that. Oh, also, um, I think I keep confusing Josh Gondelman with Michelle Gondry. Do you know okay. who that is? No. Okay, that's a director. So at least I made sense of it in my mind. Nobody cares. Okay, P, let's go to your tablet before I talk about anything else nobody cares about. Speaking of things that nobody cares about, today I'm going to talk about Maury Povich. Ooh, that's exciting. That wasn't sarcasm. <laughs> when I told you that, Marissa, what did you think? Uh, I don't know. You're going to talk about his life? I don't know anything about him. Okay. Besides his, besides his, his like, doesn't he have one of those, like, who's the father? We made two people have DNA test shows. Like, isn't he yes. just, like, a precursor to, like, Jerry Springer and stuff? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Slow down. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Precursor shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He's a peer. Oh, I don't I don't know. So there was one day. This is the genesis of this topic, guys. One day I'm scanning through the channels and I think I said on a recent episode I watch more Pluto TV than I do regular TV. I've start I finally started getting into it. I just wanted you to know that. Continue. And they have a channel where they play just garbage all day long and <laughs> it's called Nosy. And they have, like, Mori reruns for a very good chunk of the day. Okay. Um, when I saw this, for some reason it popped in my head. You were like, my... I love trash. No, no, no. I didn't watch it. What popped into my head was, I wonder if... You know how a lot of times people age and they look back on the things that they've done? I thought, does he ever have times where he, like, accidentally runs across a rerun and he goes, what the hell was I thinking? Yeah, 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 okay. And if he is doing this, it's in Montana on a ranch that he owns. What is a ranch exactly? Is that like a farm? 
I yeah. Know okay. I feel like a ranch, though, is like a farm with animals on it. Okay. Like a horse ranch? Like a dude ranch? Or a cattle ranch. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He. This is kind of a mess because... I did research on this, and then I had, like, four pages on Maury Povich, and I'm like, you got to cut this out, man. <laughs> In the early 2000s, Maury Povich and his wife, Connie Chung, they started... No! Out. Stop. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Maury Povich is married to the news anchor, Connie Chung? Yeah. Nobody knows this. Does everybody know I this? just thought that was common knowledge, honestly. No? So this like well-regarded woman, who's like a was a pillar of news in like the fucking nineties, is married to this clown. This man, now he's not a clown show, but this man who has this like trash TV show. Uh, I think the whole episode should be about their relationship. <laughs> the I actually made a concerted effort to not talk about her as this much is because amazing. I wanted to focus on Maury Povich. But one of the disturbing parts of the Maury Povich story <laughs> is that he this is me, crazy I'm sorry it's gonna take a while until you get over what you just told me but continue anyway they both moved to Montana in the 2000s and Maury Povich started a newspaper called the Flathead Beacon a what newspaper is and happening? online journal that offers independent minded news not party controlled drudgery uh, okay. I, I didn't use the word drudgery is he a more liberal person or a conservative person his golf pal for 30 years is George W. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, he and Connie Chung first moved there in the 90s. Maury Povich was born in Washington, D.C. on January 17th, same day as my mom. Not same day. Ten days but... after me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I got that. <laughs> Maury's a little bit older. He was born in 1939. He got a degree in journalism from the University of Pennsylvania in 1962. <laughs> what? No, just like, what a... What a great endeavor with that degree from that good school. Right. I was going to say, like, UPenn is... It's fucking an amazing school that people would love to be in, and he did trash his Ivy League school, yeah. Yeah. And then he got work in news radio. Then he... trying to remember all the parts. I should have written it down. But basically, he graduated from UPenn, and then I believe he started working in Philly. And he worked in Philly for a little while. And then... He got a job in Washington uh, doing, like, a daytime talk show. And then he basically, like, went west and then someplace else. And then he ended up back in Washington at the same exact show that he used to host. And he okay. was hosting it again. So, yeah, he was he spent a lot of time in radio. He was a reporter. He was a news anchor. Then he became, yeah, the co-host of a midday talk show. And basically, he regards it as like a Today Show type of situation, and he found okay. it pretty boring. So he comes back to Washington, and while he's hosting this show, the media company that owns the network that the show is on, that company gets bought by Rupert Murdoch. And okay. Rupert Murdoch, I don't know, man. Maury Povich, I feel like he's a pretty charming guy. So I don't know if it was his own efforts or just Rupert Murdoch was like, he's my man. Okay. <laughs> he goes, I'm putting you, Maury Povich, on a new TV show. It's called A Current Affair. Okay. Do you know anything about A Current Affair, Marissa? No, do tell. Oh, nice, because you're younger than me. <laughs> okay. I remember very little about it, but I do remember it. The name of it sounds familiar, but I have no clue what it is. So Rupert Murdoch 
borrowed the name of this show from an Australian talk show. And Maury Povich, in an interview later, said that it was more of a 60-minute style show. But that's not what it meant here in the States. Let's let Maury tell you what it means in this promo. Okay. Gonzo television, tabloid television. This show is rampant anarchy. Peel away the layers of the story. When it comes down to its one-on-one, it comes down to the heartbeat of the story. That, that's when it gets real good. TV. A current affair, weekdays at 5 on Wait, 6. what? <laughs> this is Guts TV. <laughs> yeah, I don't, what does that mean? Like, it's just like, well, I don't fully know. That's like, ooh, racy. Like, what, what am I supposed to take from that? That's weird. <laughs> This clip from Dumb and Dumber captures what the show became after it had been on for a a little bit of time. Tomorrow on A Current Affair, inside the home of the Menendez Brothers attorney. And next, we'll be back in a minute with the heartbreaking story of the blind Rhode Island boy who was duped into buying a dead parakeet. I just thought he was real quiet. Oh gosh! So, so it just sounds like it's like it sounds like the TV version of National Enquirer. Is that is that fair to say? The show gave way to competitors like Hard Copy and Inside Edition, okay, and eventually TMZ. Basically, it's like if TMZ is like if a Current Affair and Entertainment Tonight had a child. Okay. Maury did this from 1986 to 1990, and then other people went on to host a Current Affair. He left to pursue the eponymous Maury Povich show in 1991. Eponymous. This show eventually morphed into Maury. The show, in its early years, actually covered themes of a serious nature, including gang warfare, according to Wikipedia. But this overshadowed so much by the rebranded Maury, where they dropped the Povich and the show. And Povich covered stories the likes of paternity tests, Polygraph tests, uh, shocking teen secrets, controlling abusive men, and quote unquote out of control teenage girls. <laughs> by the way, this is not Maury Povich. This was um, I don't know that white blonde lady with the glasses around the same time. I don't remember her name. Sally Jesse Raphael. Yeah, I'll never forget. I watched an episode where they had black gang members and the Ku Klux Klan on at the same time. Yeah. And then they started a fight in the parking lot. And so, like, I just, like, that's how I remember these shows. It's just, like, we're going to discuss gang warfare. And then we're going to talk to the Proud Boys. And we're going to see if we can get them to see eye to eye. Right. It's like, you're not. None of this ever ends well. But I'm sorry. Continue. Maury actually records five episodes. So he has, like, five episodes a week. He records them in two days a week. God, that sucks. And he is 80 years old. (laughs) Wait, he still makes episodes? Yeah, yeah. His latest contract has him going until 2022. The fuck? Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know what, though? That, that, if I was an elder person, that's a, that's a spicy, exciting show. That would keep me alive. Like, that wasn't, that's not me being flippant. Like, that's like a, that's something to keep you, like, on your toes. Keep you active. Good for him. Is Connie Chung 80? No. Okay. Because I met Connie, quote, when she was a news girl. <laughs> uh, okay. 
So basically, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot that in the story. Remember how I said he worked in Washington, then he traveled around a little bit, and then he ended up back in Washington? When mm-hmm. he came back to Washington, that's when he met Connie Chung, who was, yeah, like a copy, I'm sorry, yeah, I think I it was do copy know girl at the news station that he worked at. Okay. So, back to the point, Pete. Why'd you bother looking into this? My search was Maury Povich regrets, and it turned very little. Like, there wasn't much. There's just one piece that addresses this question head-on, and I will get to that after I tell you about how Vice interviewed him in 2017. And, and clearly not, if he still is on the show. Here are some excerpts that may address questions you would have for Maury and other people like him. Uh, like you were saying, Sally Jesse Raphael, Jerry Springer, Phil Donahue, and the like. Yeah, yeah. Who's that black guy who does it? Montel? Oh, yeah, yeah. Montel Williams was back there, too. Okay, I just forgot. Okay, go ahead. Um, Vice says, There's such a particular thematic template to your show. What has it been like doing variations of the same story for more than 3,000 episodes? Oh, doesn't that sound horrible? Yes, absolutely. I started in the news business. I've always believed that the best kind of news is storytelling. Even though I've done thousands of shows on these subjects, I believe each story is unique, and that's the way I treat it. And that's the way my audience feels. That's why they want to hang around for the result. Okay. At what point was it decided paternity is our thing? (laughs) Obviously, on television, you're a creature of the ratings. If your ratings pop when you do a particular theme, you're going to do more of those shows than other shows. A paternity show has a collection... I can't. Oh, what? A paternity show has a classic Shakespearean theme. Oh. <laughs> there is love, there is lust, there is betrayal, and there is yeah. conflict. All these Shakespeare. He says it twice. All these Shakespearean themes are crashing together in a paternity test. Mm. The audience at home and in the studio is caught up in the story, and they pick a favorite. They want the guy to be the father, or they don't. I mean, okay. I I think I'm going to use that to explain conflict to my students. (laughs) (laughs) What you do and what you've been doing for decades is fearless in a way because you don't, because you do take a lot of flack. Do you consider yourself a fearless person? I'll put it to you this way. If my wife and I go to a media event or some East Side party and everybody is talking to everybody and they're not talking to me, I just go into the kitchen. I've got a great audience right there who loves me. All the people working in the kitchen. My people. Sounds like he's taking advantage of the help because they're the help and they feel like they have to listen to him, but they're okay. (laughs) So Maury does have a little bit of self-awareness, which Marissa and I are big fans of. Yes. That is, I think, a redeeming quality that he has. Uh, Repeatedly in interviews, he hits on the point of authenticity. He continually says in multiple interviews that he genuinely cares for the people who are on the stage in the studio. He really wants to help them find who the fathers are and who's lying and what have you. And that's charming with a dash of sociopathy (laughs) because how can you genuinely care that hard for an hour and then just turn it off and walk away? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. There was a question of... um, how many of these stories stick with you? And he said in a few cases he has producers follow up with people to make sure that they're okay oh, after recordings. Nice. But for the most but that's only if the story is really interesting. Oh, okay. So 
Now we get to the article that holds all the answers that I had been asking for. It's from Philadelphia Magazine, and I admit it's from 2008, so it's from a while ago. But it's all that we have to go on. It's the only thing that comes back where we genuinely find out about Mori Povich and regrets. Okay. <laughs> and I feel like there's either a tone in this conversation that I don't understand, a camaraderie between Mori and the writer, or the writer is such a huge dick. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. First question in the interview. You have an Emmy for broadcast journalism. Your father was a sports writer for the Washington Post. Your wife is Connie Chung. How did you end up doing shows like My Fear of Pickles is Ruining My Life? <laughs> and four men, one woman, one baby, who's the father? <laughs> and at this point, he's, you know, going with it. He says, well, I always beat to a different drummer. Which, is that the phrase? <laughs> no, it's absolutely not. It's beat to, uh, wait. Follow the beat of a different drum or something. <laughs> yeah, you march. I could see follow. Oh, yeah, march to the beat of a different drum. I said that wrong. Even myself. I was a reporter. Yeah. Then I was an anchor. Then a Today Show type host. And I found that kind of confining. I wanted to have some fun with infotainment. And it led to this crazy show called A Current Affair. <laughs> <sighs> that was one of the first tabloid TV shows. Do you feel responsible for our national obsession with this crap? <laughs> I plead guilty. The current affair environment was definitely spilled into network cable and local news. I feel I've liberated the media. And then he uh, laughs. Uh, okay. That's a way to, that's a way to look at that. This isn't the entire interview, by the way. Again, this is a set of excerpts, but I, I promise you, I'm not, I just cut out the boring parts. I didn't cut out the parts where the guy's being fair and unbiased. Yeah. Can you single out one show that you regret? Ha, we made it. We made it, guys. Can you single out one show that you regret, or do they all blur together in a vast sea of abject remorse? Oh, gosh. The shows with women who come back ten times and they're still looking for the father. I don't regret doing them. I just regret not having a conclusion. Wait, they let people come back? Yeah, um, the Vice article was talking about a specific person who came back eight times and yeah, he, he had the same sentiment in that one. He was like, it makes me feel bad that they can't figure out who the father is. But I, you it's know. Okay. Well, that leads into the next question. USA Today said this. Povich's talk show is, without a doubt, the worst thing on television. Maury <laughs> is miles farther down the commode than Jerry Springer. Does that make you feel like a pioneer of sorts? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Maury says... Rough. They are out on a limb if they think... Again, wrong phrase. They are out on a limb if they think I'm down the toilet from Jerry. I mean, Jerry, he is 80. Well, how Jerry, long was this? This was in... He wouldn't have been 80. He would okay. have been, like, in his 70s. But Okay, but he's up there enough to get wrong phrases, but continue. <laughs> Jerry's an old friend of mine, but he describes his show as a wrestling match, as theater. I do shows on sensitive, crucial, underlying social issues in uh... this country. Okay. These are issues that politicians do not deal with. Okay. So your advice to Obama is to start watching Maury. <laughs> and Maury says, darn right, darn right. Because wow. they're not getting it. If you want to criticize my show and you think I'm exploiting and all that, okay, fine. But if you don't think these issues are real, you're kidding yourself. I love his unapologetic nature. All right, guys, this is the grand finale. Okay. 
You sponsor an endowment and scholarships at Penn. Considering your continued relationship with the university, do you think they just haven't seen the show? <laughs> Otherwise, they'd nip those con- those scholarships in the bud. That's fun. I like that. And Maury sort of continues the question. Because I'm dumbing down the population of the university? Oh, my God. I haven't thought about it in that way. It's a whole new concern of mine. Am I dumbing down the college audience of this country? <laughs> and uh, that leads back to a personal connection. In college, I dated a girl who scheduled her classes around Maury Povich so that we could always end up back at my room watching Maury Povich doing I didn't know tests. that. Yeah. Was it your first girlfriend? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that was the one who wanted to build a bridge across the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, wow. Well, you know what? Even if the interviewer and him don't have a good relationship, I like how he... It's just fucking ready for it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure like at a certain point you're like, I mean, this is my lot. At the end of the Vice interview, I think it was, they were like, uh, what what is your legacy going to be? <laughs> and uh, he goes, he doesn't even say I think or I hope or I wish. He goes, I am going to be remembered for you are the father or you are not the father. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, you know what? He, he doesn't take life too seriously, it seems. Good for him. Guys, the, the most shocking revelation that I found out about Maury Povich, uh-huh. there's a part of this where you go, oh, well, of course, but I never thought of it. And when I read it, I literally went, holy shit! What? His name is Maurice. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That wasn't so holy shit to me. I kind of got Also... There. He's got a sister named Lynn Povich, who is also in the news industry, and she is a foxy lady. <laughs> oh, really? What's her name again? Lynn Povich? Yes. Okay, let's look at lynnpovich.com, because what I saw wasn't a foxy lady. <laughs> but you like the picture where she has white hair? She's pretty foxy in that picture. Oh, this is the biography tab. She's, no, you know, she's pretty. I just wouldn't call her My like, official foxy. photo as Newsweek's first female senior editor. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's cute. Just foxy was a bit much, but you do you. I think I went foxy because she has white hair and I was thinking silver fox. Marissa, the last thing I'm going to tell you. Okay. Uh, about Maury Povich. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> last thing I'm going to tell you ever. <laughs> there is a an article in Us Weekly that is 25 things you didn't know about Maury Povich. The last one I thought you would love. Okay. If they were going to make a movie about Maury Povich's life, he said, I would want Jerry Springer <laughs> or Tyler Perry to play me. What? Oh my gosh, I love that. And that is all that I have on Maury Povich. That's okay. <laughs> That's very weird. I. There may that reminds me. I just want to know more about Tyler Perry, also. But interesting. I'm now after this. I'm just gonna Google pictures of Maury and Connie Chung. So Maury and Connie actually had a show that was on CNN for I think under a year. That's um, crazy. She's so respectable. She's so respected. <laughs> She's so highly regarded. <laughs> This was like, he's just a normal guy, and she's just a normal lady, and they're people that work in the news industry and all that sort of stuff. Because, again, he does own a newspaper. He owns a newspaper, 
a marketing firm associated with the newspaper and a magazine all in this little town. And uh, it took them nine years, but they eventually turned a profit. It's a victory for printed press. Good for them. Good for them. I, I like that they're together. It's just crazy. I don't know. It feels like it's like, I don't know, John Stewart married Paris Hilton. I don't know. <laughs> that was interesting. I, I like that he owns it all. And I didn't know he still had a show. Yeah. It's crazy. That's, yeah, that is crazy. Good for him. I, I, I find this a success story. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that when he dies... They will find a lot of drugs in his system because, you know, like, to keep getting off your 80-year-old ass and, and doing the steps, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. For the yeah. audience and stuff. Yeah. Wow. I'd just be sitting off to the side and be like, you cut to me whenever you need to. I'll be right here. Guys, he's elderly goals. Let's all watch an episode <laughs> and have him be our aspiration. I like that. Put him on so, your board, guys. Any questions, Marissa? No, I guess not. Um, all, what were their ages when they got married? Con- I mean, when they met each other, Connie and him. Interesting. I would have expected a larger gap. I don't know their ages when they got together, but Connie Chung was born in 46, and Maury Povich was born in 39. It's only a seven-year oh, okay. difference. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's not too bad. Now I just think he's disrespectful when he calls her a copy girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's weird. Connie yeah, Chung well, is I 73 like- years old, Marissa. They were married in 1984, and their show was called, excuse me, it was during the day, but it was uh, Weekends with Maury and Connie. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah how did, how did I miss that? Oh, ha, 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 ha. Connie Chung became the first woman to co-anchor CBS Evening News, as well as the first Asian and second woman to anchor one of America's major network newscasts. Good for her. Yeah, even though they're not that much different in age, she looks way better than him. She is an Emmy winner and Peabody Award winner. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all their wedding. She looks so pretty on her wedding day. Yeah, they're cute together. I like it. I like that unlikely couple. Yeah, I don't have any other questions, but thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Also, I need to pace myself drinking when I drink on podcasts. <laughs> Plugs. So, uh, Pete, do you have any plugs? You know, I don't have a plug, but I would like to tell you this. Unless you have a desire to watch any series on Showtime, their 30-day trial is not worth it. (laughs) Really? You can catch the following things. Hustlers, a movie called Tone Deaf, which I enjoy. Hustlers, like the stripper movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. I like that movie. Hey, Marissa. What genre do you think that is? Hustlers, a stripper movie? Yeah. Drama? See, they filed it in as a comedy. In my mind, I was going to say comedy, but I was like, I don't really remember laughing. I was like, I don't think it's a comedy. And then I was like, wait, was Magic Mike a comedy? Magic Mike was decidedly a drama. Yeah, like, that was a drama. I think there might have been a a few funny moments. For some reason. No. My mind mind went to action. (laughs) I mean, no, I don't know what, unless dicks, you're... No, 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 for Hustler. <laughs> uh, for Hustlers? No. Yeah, nothing was funny about that movie. Now, if you want to watch Billions, and if you want to blow your brains out and watch Twin Peaks, which I've been doing, and I'm on episode, like, 13 of 18, and I just want to strangle my television, but it doesn't have a neck. <laughs> then why are you watching it? Because you have to. <laughs> okay. 
Well, okay, there's a couple of things keeping me watching Twin Peaks. First, mm-hmm. little lady known as Naomi Watts. Oh, Second, of course. <laughs> oh, you don't want him calling her a copy girl, but she's a little lady? <laughs> a grown-ass woman <laughs> Okay, there we Naomi go. Watts. Thank you. A mother of three, Naomi Thank Watts. <laughs> and the other part is... This is this is the classic uh, bait and switch of David Lynch. He's throwing so much crap at you. You're like, there's got to be a point where all this crap ties together. And sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. So I'm sitting here waiting to see what happens. Honestly, the fact that you're saying this, well, it doesn't have Naomi Watts. Riverdale does the exact same thing, so you might as well watch that, Pete. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but I'm just saying. I, I actually stopped watching in the fourth season because it was Cuckoo Town. So, how about you, Marissa? By the way, I just wanted to point out really quick because it's, it's still up on my screen. What? Constance Yuhua Chung. That's the. See, I gotta be honest with you, Marissa. I never would have thought of Constance. What do you Her mean? Her name is Connie Chung. I never would have gotten to Constance. Oh, I no, I wouldn't have gotten that. It would have been a I... hundred years before I was like. I thought she was just Connie. Constance. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten that either. Uh, Conrad. <laughs> No, cut, shut up. I would have just thought Connie. I don't know. Consuela. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a close second. If you have a switch and want to fill your days with... I'm so fascinated. It's equal parts the most boring. <laughs> yet, I'm so addicted to playing... Have you heard people be... talk about Animal Crossing? That seems to be the description, yeah. Oh, you've seen, like, you've seen people talk about it? Mm-hmm. It's not even, I was going to say it's like The Sims, but it's not. It's, like, more boring because, like, <laughs> you can't, like, do anything not family-friendly. You just, like, planting a bunch of trees and going to other people's islands and trying to cross-breed flowers and just trying to, so, like... So, Treks in the City, podcast that I love. You yeah. told me I'm a dork. Paul F. Tompkins is the guest. And Alice Wetterland and he are talking about Animal Crossing. Yeah. While... The co-host of the podcast, Veronica Osorio, is like, should I get a Switch? Should I get a Switch so that I can play this? And yeah. they were like, she goes, what's it about? No. <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins goes, that. it's a post-capitalist game <laughs> where you go <laughs> and you work all day. <laughs> yeah. And then you reap some benefits from all the work that you've done. And then after that, you can socialize with friends who can come and visit your island or whatever. <laughs> okay, so... This is, I guess there's an assumption that you would just intrinsically know a code of conduct when visiting other people's islands. So I have three people I know who have this game. The second person I knew <laughs> taught me the proper way to visit someone's island. The first person I knew was my coworker, who, like, I'm her friend, but I haven't been her friend long. So, like, thank God she has, like, a, just a sense of humor. But, like... She invited me to her island, but she didn't, like, I could just exist in her island and not see her. Like, we could just be How in different areas. How many church bells do you live near now? Yeah, no, I live directly <laughs> to a church now. I'm on a different side of the of the, of the uh, apartment. Guys, I moved. The second person I visited, they gave me a tour, and they're like, this is this, this is this. Hey, you can take this. But my coworker just, like, my island's open, and I, in my mind, thought, like, when I go to her island, I can do whatever I want. And, like, when I leave, it's like I was never there. Like, when video games, when you leave a room, like, everything, like, regenerates. That's not the case. So I dug up a bunch of her shit, stole a bunch <laughs> of her possessions, 
And just like, just fucking did all this shit to her island and just left. And then I realized what I did a day later. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And she was like, oh, I thought I imagined all those things I had planted. <laughs> <laughs> so... I thought that was really funny. That's all. So I, I just totally like pillaged my coworker's island. She didn't realize it. Yeah, I just stole a bunch of like stuff that like takes effort for you to get back in the game. And uh, now I know proper island conduct. But yeah, it's. I would say it's a game if you want to just be soothed. It's not a right. game if you want like a goal. It's not a game if you want like. I mean, there is a, there are goals, but it's not a game if you want like action. It's just a game to be like. I don't have anything to do. Let's check back into my house and, you know, see what goals I have today and change my clothes on my character. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's whatever. My boyfriend was just like, what do you fight? And I was like, you don't fight anything. <laughs> and he was like, you can't, like, you kill. You don't have to always fight. Well, he plays, like, God of War or some, some crap. Which, by the way, guys, as I was telling Pete, I tried to play, and it's one of those games where you could talk to people, and I had, like, my chipper attitude, like, hey, guys, what's up? And uh, no one wanted to talk to me, and I'm really angry. Anyway, yeah, that's it. Sorry, I'm drunk, so I think I just, like, went off on a tangent. One last tandem plug. Yeah. The Y'all Heard Find a Word is now available on Patreon. Instead of the complexities of a crossword puzzle, you instead have... The complexities of I like a that. word find, and I don't think it's easy. <laughs> I'm going to check that out. I love word finds. I didn't find the crescent puzzle easy. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have any other ideas, let us know how we can give back to our patrons. Perhaps, perhaps Marissa could draw us a maze. Perhaps Marissa could give us a crib-style tour of her new apartment. <laughs> oh, I'll do anything. Sure. <laughs> Just if anyone requests it, I'll do it. Short of nudes, uh, not, we will not give nudes. I can't speak for Pete, but I assume he will also not give nudes. Onlyfans.com, y'all heard? Yes, yeah. You want an Onlyfans? Let us know. No, don't. <laughs> Speaking of giving back, some people have spoken about when is our party going to be? Uh, I'm in my new apartment now. Just give me like a little bit more time to get settled, and we will schedule something for us all to meet up. Uh, thanks for listening. Stay safe. Call us at 570-POD-WAD-1. Slide into my DMs at RissVandal, R-I-S-S-V-A-N-D-A-L. Pete? Oh, yeah. We're also at Y'all Heard Pod on Twitter. Uh, no oh. one has followed us for, like, <laughs> probably, like, three months. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know my Twitter password anymore. We're on Facebook, too, I think. And uh, If but you really... really want people to follow us... Maybe I'll put my my uh, Animal Crossing Island code on it, and sure will follow us. Um, also, if you're interested in the y'all heard, find a word. I needed it to try to rhyme, but you don't want to give us any money. It is available to cheap motherfuckers uh, two yeah. weeks from now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we love you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.